Hello, dear friends. It's my second week in New York, and I must confess I am positively overwhelmed with feelings. First and foremost, I lost a very dear friend this week after a prolonged struggle with cancer. I'll be paying special tribute to her next week, but I do want to extend my condolences to her family and express the strong wish that her memory be a blessing. Rest in peace, Susan May Schneider. Second of all, I don't know what happened last month, but my listenership appears to have taken another gigantic upswing. Of course, these things come and go, but I am extremely grateful to all of you who listen. And if you would like to contribute to the care and feeding of the podcast, please go to patreon.com countermelody where you can pledge your support, either monthly or yearly. And in that vein, I would like to express my gratitude to Randall for increasing his monthly support. It's much appreciated. Thank you so much. And now I have a very special episode for you today. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Guntlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world out there. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode.
this entire episode is dedicated to my beloved friend Susan, and what better way to pay tribute to someone who had so much spirit, so much heart, than that song, Ye Elskerde, I Love You, set by Edvard Grieg to a text of Hans Christian Andersen, and here performed ecstatically by the exquisite Elisabeth Söderström in a 1976 recording with the New Philharmonia Orchestra, conducted by Andrew Davis, originally for piano and voice, later orchestrated. And in fact, orchestrated songs are the theme of today's episode. I've got a lot of material to play for you, but I do want to say a couple things before we jump right in. First of all, the orchestrated art song is a bit of an anomaly, isn't it? Because art song we associate with such intimacy as is difficult for a singer to achieve when singing over a full orchestra. So many of the selections that we're going to hear are almost more operatic in nature. And what are some of the most famous orchestral songs? Well, probably the first orchestrated song cycle is Les Nuits d'été, set to poems of Théophile Gautier by Hector Berlioz. Even earlier than the Berlioz, Franz Liszt was already experimenting with orchestrating songs. And Grieg was another early exponent, someone who took his pre-existing songs for voice and piano and provided them with orchestral garb. And of course, the songs of Mahler, Richard Strauss, Maurice Ravel, and to some extent Ernest Chausson, and others of that ilk represent the majority of the repertoire that one encounters these days in the concert hall. Yet my goal today is to present to you a wider representation of the repertoire that certainly warrants closer examination and even performances and recordings. Now, I mentioned Richard Strauss. Of course, his Fierletzte Lieder are the ne plus ultra of the orchestrated song. These days, some singers have made recordings with piano accompaniment. I feel sorry for the pianists, because that is a nearly impossible task. And the singers just can't really give a full-fledged performance when they're accompanied only by piano. That's my opinion. I'm going to frame the episode today, however, with two songs of Richard Strauss, both set to texts by the poet Karl Friedrich Henkel, and both representing the upcoming winter season that will soon be upon us. The first one is called Winterliebe, and it's performed by Francisco Araiza, that superlative Mexican tenor, in a live concert that took place at the Richard Strauss Festival in Garmisch-Partenkirchen in 1994. The Münchener Rundfunkorchester is conducted by Roberto Abbado. This is Strauss at his most effusive and ebullient. Towards the sun in passionate love I walk, a rapture, who could measure it? Sprinkled with hoar-frost, the woods gleam with splendor, the mountains greet the dazzling light. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
next song I dedicate to one of the two critters with whom I have been sitting for the past couple weeks. That is the feline Callisto. She's very, very shy, but I've invited her to please come and say hello to you all. Now we are going to hear a song set by the Dutch composer Alphonse Diepenbroek, who lived from 1862 to 1921. He was a contemporary and friend of Mahler's, and his music bears certain similarities to Mahler's. But there's also more of a French tinge to some of his writing, including this song, which is a setting of an excerpt from Charles Baudelaire's Les Fleurs du Mal, entitled Les Chats, the Cats. Both ardent lovers and austere scholars love in their mature years the strong and gentle cats, pride of the house, who like them are sedentary and sensitive to cold. When they dream, they assume the noble attitudes of the mighty sphinxes stretched out in solitude, who seem to fall into a sleep of endless dreams. Their fertile loins are full of magic sparks and particles of gold like fine grains of sand, spangle dimly their mystic eyes. This is one of the shorter of Diepenbrock's orchestrated songs. He also wrote a number of massive orchestrated songs, which, one of these days, I may very well play for you. The performance we're hearing today is with that exemplary Dutch baritone Martin Bernard Kreuzen, whom I featured on his own episode about a year and a half ago. Willem von Otterloo conducts the Netherlands Radio Philharmonic Orchestra in this recording from the mid-1960s. Les amours
Thank you, Callie. Next, in further tribute to the late Ned Roram, who I featured on last week's episode, I'm going to present to you now an excerpt from his orchestral song cycle called Sun. You remember last week we heard an excerpt from his poems of Love and the Rain, and he has said that Sun, composed in 1966, was intended as sort of a counterpart to poems of Love and the Rain. He once wrote of the piece, The indicated need now seemed for songs of hate and the sun. As was his wont, Roram chose to set poems by a wide range of poets, ranging from Akhnaten to Byron to Shakespeare to Theodore Rethke to the poet that we will hear represented here, Walt Whitman. This is a setting of a prose poem from a portion of Whitman's Specimen Days. It is performed in this 1982 live recording with the Cleveland Orchestra and Lauren Mazel by the soprano Irene Gubrut. The Minnesota-born soprano attended St. Olaf College, and it was there that I encountered her in my single year of attendance at the school. She suffered a spinal cord injury in a carnival ride accident at the age of 15 and lived out the rest of her life as a partial paraplegic. This did not prevent her, however, from achieving a significant performing career. She won the Concert Artists Guild while she was a student at Juilliard. She won the Nomberg and the Ford Foundation Program for Concert Artists. As a result of that last victory, George Crumb composed his work Star Child for her. But as I say, we are going to hear her right now in an excerpt from Ned Roram's Son. This is the hour for strange effects in light and shade, enough to make a colorist go delirious. Long spokes of molten silver sent horizontally through the trees, now in their brightest, tenderest green.
In addition to her performing career, Irene Gubrud was also a beloved teacher, serving on the faculty at Aspen, Columbia University, and the Brooklyn College Conservatory. I mentioned that I had encountered her at St. Olaf. When I was a student there, she spoke at an assembly in conjunction with her appearance as Mimi in a specially staged version of Bohème that Minnesota Opera was doing for her. She died on November 3rd, 2020, from complications following surgery. You hear what an extraordinary singer she was, and I am planning an episode sometime in the spring on singers and disability in which she will prominently feature. Next, we're going to turn to another artist that we heard in numerous selections last week, the soprano Phyllis Curtin, whose 101st birthday we posthumously commemorate on the 3rd of December. The more I listen to Phyllis Curtin, the more I am absolutely positively in love with her artistry, and I have quite an unusual work to present to you today, an excerpt from the orchestral song cycle by Alberto Ginastera called Milena, which is based on Franz Kafka's love letters to the eponymous Milena, here translated into Spanish. We're going to hear the second movement, Del Amor, of Love. Phyllis Curtin created this work with the forces heard here, the Denver Symphony Orchestra conducted by Brian Priestman, with whom she subsequently recorded the work. Eres mío, eres mío. 
While we're on the topic of late 20th century orchestral song cycles, let's turn to one of the final compositions by the French composer André Jolivet. We've previously heard his works for voice and orchestra, performed by Pierre Bernac, The Trois Complaintes du Soldat, and Gérard Souzet, The Poème Intime. This work, Sange à Nouveau Rêvé, was first performed in 1971, and it was written for the soprano Colette Herzog, who sings here. And in fact, the texts are by Antoine Golea, who was a French-Romanian musicologist and poet, as well as the husband of Colette Herzog. One can hear that the text is used in a much more instrumental way, with much repetition of syllables and the like. This performance is from 1978, and Alain Lombard leads the Orchestre Philharmonique de Strasbourg. Oh, my God. 
Now we're going to go back to the very end of the 19th century with the Czech composer Antonin Dvorak. Dvorak's biblical songs, composed in the month of March 1894, a time of extreme tragedy in the life of the composer, were originally set for piano and voice. The year after the pieces were written, Dvorak orchestrated the first five songs as well. They remain some of his most popular vocal compositions. I'm going to play the first of the set, performed by the Chinese-American bass Yi Kui Si, who was featured on episode 99 of the podcast about a year and a half ago. The texts of all of the songs come from the Book of Psalms. This is Psalm 97. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him, and burneth up his enemies round about. This is a live radio performance, with Christoph von Dochnanyi leading the Kölner Rundfunk Orchestra, a performance that took place on the 3rd of January, 1966. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Next, we're going to hear from another work of similar spiritual or religious bent, composed by the Swiss composer Frank Martin. In 1911, Hugo von Hofmannsthal fashioned his own version of the English morality play Everyman. It was first performed in Berlin in December 1911, and uses as its basis not only Everyman, but numerous other works as well, including one by Hans Sachs. In 1943, Frank Martin set six of the monologues from Hofmannsthal's Jedermann. These also exist in versions for soloist and either piano or orchestra. We're going to hear the fourth of those monologues, So wollt ich ganz zernichtet sein. I wish to be utterly destroyed, just as in my whole being there's not one fiber that does not scream deeply repentant and wild with grief. Go away, I cannot bear it, not again, and don't come back. Life's not lived a second time here. The gaping, wounded breast now knows, as it has never known before, the meaning of these words. Lie down and die. Your day is come. This work is performed by the East German bass baritone Theo Adam in a 1988 recording with Herbert Kegel leading the Dresdner Philharmonie. going to hear from a group, a triumvirate, 
if you will, of Germanic composers of various nationalities who wrote exceptional works for voice and orchestra. First, Alexander von Zemlinsky. His lyric symphony, based on German translations of poems by Rabindranath Tagore, was composed between 1922 and 1923, just as Mahler's Das Lied von der Erde uses Chinese exoticism as part of its musical palette. So does Zemlinsky evoke an Eastern exoticism and eroticism in this exceptional work, which is scored for baritone and soprano soloists, as well as a very large orchestra. As with so many of these pieces, there is no separation between the movements. One flows directly into the next one. The work was premiered in Prague in June 1924, and therefore it's appropriate that we are going to hear in this recording of the penultimate movement, the Czech Philharmonic, led by Bohumil Gregor. The soprano soloist here is the late Karen Armstrong, who died a year ago this past September. Karen Armstrong, like Grace Bumbry and Carol Neblett, also studied with Lotte Lehmann, and the majority of her career took place in German-speaking Europe. She was a popular, if controversial, figure, married as she was to the intendant of the Deutsche Oper, Götz Friedrich, who featured her in many of his productions. It was always felt that her intense and theatrical characterizations were the strongest part of her performing arsenal. She may not have been the most pristine or refulgent vocalist, but she was a powerful presence on stage. In fact, I saw her at the Komische Oper in what I believe were her final stage appearances. She appeared as the evil grandmother in H.K. Gruber's Geschichten aus dem Wienerwald. Here, her voice is in rather good condition. She did not make all that many recordings, so it's wonderful to hear her. This is a live recording that was released on the Suprafon label. The movement is entitled Vollende den das letzte Lied. Then finish the last song and let us leave. Forget this night when the night is no more. Whom do I try to clasp in my arms? Dreams can never be made captive. My eager hands press emptiness to my heart and it bruises my breast.
For the teaser for Season 4 of Counter Melody, I featured an excerpt from this next work, a fascinating setting by the Austrian composer Franz Schreker of two poems by Walt Whitman translated into German, published under the title Vom Ewigen Leben. These were late works of Schreker's, composed as he was beginning to enter a period when he suffered mightily under the burgeoning Nazi regime. These are two different settings of Whitman. The first is relatively short, and the next is almost three times as long as the first. We're going to hear the first song called Wurzeln und Halme. The original English language version of this first song is Roots and leaves themselves alone are these, scents brought to men and women from the wild woods and from the pond side. If you bring the warmth of the sun to them, they will open and bring form, color, perfume to you. If you become the ailment, and the wet, they will become flowers, fruits, tall branches, and trees. This is a performance that took place under the auspices of the Austrian radio in the year 1963, and a very young Helen Donat sings under the baton of Hermann Scherchen. I will mention here that it is my intention to bring you a full episode on this great artist before the end of December. Let's see if I manage to bring that to fruition.
The next composer we're going to hear is Ottmar Schoek, who was also featured on my episode on Swiss Misses and Misters, which included not just Swiss singers, but also Swiss composers. Schoek wrote an enormous number of songs. He's a very controversial and thorny figure, but his finest work, I think, is found in his leader, both piano-accompanied as well as his orchestral song cycles. The excerpt we are going to hear right now is the so-called title track of his final work entitled Nachhal, or Echo. This collection of 12 songs features texts primarily by Nikolaus Lenau. The singer we shall hear is the Swiss baritone Arthur Losli, who lived from 1926 to 2021. He trained not only as a singer, but also as a visual artist. And in fact, once he gave up his singing career, he found even greater fame as a visual artist. This recording of Nachal is the only one that has ever been released and was made in the year 1973. wanderer makes his lucid song ring out. Now he falls silent and vanishes amid the pine trees. How I would like to hear him go on singing, but I console myself by thinking he can't sing forever. The wanderer fell silent and departed. I calmly said farewell. So why do I now feel mournful that his echo won't resound any longer? It will move me more than the man's death if... After a few days have passed, here and there somebody still utters his name until all are silent. Ein Wanderer lässt sein helles Lied erklingen. Nun schweigt ihr Thank you. 
Now it is my great delight to present to you again one of my very favorite singers, and again a singer who will be receiving his very own episode early on in the new year. That is the Polish baritone Andrzej Jolski. He created a great deal of new work, including, probably most famously, operas and concert work by his compatriot Krzysztof Penderecki. We're not going to hear Penderecki today, but rather we shall hear Hjolski singing a work by the Polish composer Tadeusz Baird, who was born in Poland in the year 1928 to a Scottish father and a Russian mother. He wrote a wide range of work, including both symphonies and chamber music, song cycles, and even an opera based on a short story by Joseph Conrad. These four love sonnets, set to texts by Shakespeare, were composed in 1956 and are among his most, shall we say, mellifluous works. This is a setting of Sonnet 97, translated into Polish. How like a winter hath my absence been from thee, the pleasure of the fleeting year. In this 1978 recording, Hjolski is guided by Jan Krentz, leading the Polish Radio Symphony Orchestra in Krakow. Oh. 
we are now going to hear an exceptional work by, shall we say, an outlier among Italian composers. That is Giuseppe Martucci, who lived from 1856 to 1909 and wrote very little vocal music. Certainly his most important vocal work is the song cycle that we're going to hear an excerpt from right now, La Canzone dei Ricordi, the song of memory. Like so many of the other works that we've heard today, La Canzone dei Ricordi, composed to texts by Rocco Emanuele Pagliara, was originally written for voice and piano in the year 1887, and subsequently, in 1898, was orchestrated. I find this to be a work of such exceptional beauty. It reminds me, maybe this is just me, but I'm reminded somewhat of Ernest Chausson's Poème de l'amour et de la mer. We're going to hear the fifth song from the cycle, Un vago mormorio mi giunge. A faint murmuring reaches me, mute, I stop to listen, and my trembling heart remembers a sweet hope. But the gentle breeze that touched my hair is the caress of the breeze and not of love. The illusion has faded away in a moment, and I return to weeping again. We're going to hear a relatively late career recording by the dear departed Italian soprano Mirella Freni, who recorded this work in 1995 with Riccardo Muti and the La Scala Philharmonic.
I've rather been holding out on what I think might be the most extraordinary work presented today. It is unlike any other piece of music that I have ever heard in my life, honestly. This is by the Finnish composer Jean Sibelius, with a text from the Kalevala, the national epic of Finland, a 19th century work of epic poetry compiled from Finnish folklore and mythology. The piece is called Luonotar and is described by the composer as one of his tone poems, albeit the only one with a vocal part in it. And what a vocal part! It's written to be sung by a dramatic soprano, but one technically capable of covering the entire range of dynamics and nuance. The Kalevala begins with the creation of the earth, and that is what is depicted in the piece that we are about to hear, which was composed astoundingly originally for piano and soprano, and was premiered in that guise in September 1913. The goddess Luonotar, the daughter of nature, wanders desperately alone through the skies. In her impassioned longing for her loneliness to end, she descends upon the sea and is impregnated by the foam generated by a fierce storm. Her pregnancy lasts for 700 years, and at the end, a bird builds its nest on her knee that lies above the surface of the water. It lays a total of seven eggs, six of them regular eggs, and the final one made of iron. She breaks the eggs, and they become the different parts of the earth. This is such an extraordinary and peculiar work. It was composed between Sibelius's fourth and fifth symphonies, and was premiered by and dedicated to the great Finnish soprano Aino Akte. In this recording that we're going to hear today, we are going to celebrate however belatedly, the birthday of the Welsh soprano Gwyneth Jones, who didn't quite make it into my November Birthday Gals episode. This recording from the year 1970, in which the London Symphony Orchestra is conducted by Antal Dorati, is, I submit to you, Gwyneth Jones's greatest recording. I've never heard her voice ring out with such power and control and assurance and imagination. It is the work of an exceptional artist and a great singer. It's wonderful to hear her sounding like this because we know that just a very short time later, she would be involved in an auto accident, which, while it did not end her career, did impact her singing from then on. I hope you enjoy this phenomenal recording.
we're going to now hear probably the greatest song by the French composer André Caplet, who lived from 1878 to 1925 and was a dear friend and collaborator of Claude Debussy. Like Luonotar, this song, Forêt Forest, evokes nature in its most primeval form. This is the fourth of four songs by Caplet, written relatively late in his life, all to texts by Rémy de Gourmand, and published under the title Le Vieux Coffret, The Old Box. O forest, you who saw the passing of many lovers along your paths, under your heavy foliage, confidant of games, of cries, and of oaths, witness to whom souls confessed their troubles. O forest, remember those who came one day to walk alone on your grass and to contemplate, distracted, your dreamlike trees and the pale ocean of your green ferns. This is the oldest recording that we're going to hear today. It comes from the year 1934, and it is performed by the Swiss baritone Charles Ponzera, whom I featured numerous times on the podcast. A great baritone Martin, with whom that other baritone Martin that we heard on this episode, Bernard Kreusen, also studied. In this recording, the orchestra is led by Piero Coppola.
penultimate number today, we shall hear a song by surely the most obscure of all the composers I've played for you today, the East German composer Ernst Hermann Mayer, who lived from 1905 to 1988. He studied under Hans Eisler and joined the Communist Party. Because he was Jewish, he emigrated to the UK in 1933, but returned to East Germany in 1948, where his music displayed his staunch commitment to Marxist-Leninist ideals. He was a very important figure in Berlin, where he taught at Humboldt University, and also was the founder of the Hände Festival in Halle. He composed an enormous number of songs, more than 300, many of which exist in both versions for piano and orchestra. Because he was such an influential and important figure, many of his works were recorded by the East German label Eterna and featured some of the biggest names of the day, including Theo Adam, whom we heard earlier, and also Peter Schreier, who is heard in this recording of the song Alt möchte ich werden. This was recorded very early on in Schreier's career in 1963 with Kurt Sanderling leading the Städtisches Berliner Sinfonie Orchester. The poet whose work Maya sets here is named Louis Fürnberg, and he was also a devoted communist. In fact, he composed the text for the, quote, Song of the Party in 1950. I want to grow old like an old tree with so many rings that they are lost to counting, bark that keeps peeling, and roots so deep that they can never be found. I want to provide protection and shade to all who rest underneath me in these times when everything 
is beginning anew. From those ancient times I should like to rise, passing through pain and bad dreams, into a time in which people will say, oh, how beautiful it is, how happy we are. This has once again been a ridiculously long episode, but I hope that you have perhaps enjoyed it in segments. And I have one final song to offer you today, performed by one of my most beloved singers, Gundula Janowitz. And here she is singing a composer whom we heard at the very beginning of the episode, Richard Strauss. And again, a song dealing with winter. This is Winterweihe, winter dedication, again set to a text of Karl Friedrich Henkel. In these wintry days when the light is veiled, let us bear in our hearts 
and confess to one another what fills us with inner light. The wheel of time may roll on, we can hardly catch hold of it. Lost to the world's deceptive light, we shall on our island dedicate ourselves day and night to blessed love. Dear friends, keep the song in your hearts and hold up in your memories my beloved friend Susan May Schneider and Daniel Gundlach. <laughs> <laughs>